Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Woo-wee! Hey, yo, Rohan, my man. Shout out to you for being there at camp, um, providing elite content today. Um, let's get right into it. Um, obviously, you and I are both very excited to talk camp today. Before we get started, I want to let everyone know, day one of, I don't, I've not talked to Rohan yet about camp, but day one of camp, their offense usually should be behind of defense. There's no pads. So you, when you evaluate the running backs, when you evaluate the quarterbacks, DBs and stuff like that, they're not as physical because there's no pads. But so going into everything from here on out, you guys understand that there's no pads. Offenses should be behind on the first day or two. So, Rohan, what was the first thing that stood out to you at Fort Niners training camp day one? Hey, it's, uh, I mean, it, football's back. That's the number one thing. I mean, it's exciting. I got there a little later than I normally do. I'm working, so got there after uh, that. Got there day one. The number one thing that stood out right from the jump, who's the first player on the field? Last year, it was one consistent player every single day. Comes out exactly at 9.40 to 9.45. It's Mr. Tongan Tiger, Talanoa Hufanga. Somebody beat him today. And it was at his exact same position, and it was a young player. Safety Jair Brown was the first player out there. I got there around 9.35. Jair Brown beat me to 49ers training camp today. He was already out there on the field. Talano Hufunga came in at 9.40 to 9.45. Them two were working out together before the warm-ups, before, you know, the stretching all began. As you see it, a lot of players, they come out, get ready before the practice even starts. Jair Brown was out there 40 minutes before the start of practice today. Interesting interesting scene so far. So uh, 
cool, cool, cool to see Jair Brown out there. Cool to see some of the players out there, you know. Um, and uh, that was the number one thing. That was the first thing that really stood out. And uh, I'm excited to see what uh, they do now. And that's the best part, man. And when you see young guys out there that are learning from the vets, right? One thing you can learn from Talanoa Fanga, his work ethic, man. His work ethic, it's second to none. Um, that's absolutely the first guy out there right after um, Jair Brown, Talanoa Fanga, out there working on him right away. So it um, looks like Hufanga is taking on a leadership role. Uh, that's ph- phenomenal to see. Um, now, going, should we get into the comments of what the players are saying first, or should we evaluate how practice actually went first. Uh, you go ahead and lead the way on that one. Well, yeah, we'll go ahead with practice. We'll see what they said afterwards. To start it off, everybody knows, wants to know, what were the rotations like? Because obviously there's a lot, a couple of training camp battles going on. Starting off, they um, before every practice, the 49ers, you know, they do a little bit of a snapping to quarterback exchange. That's where I get to know who are the centers, what's the order, and who are the quarterbacks, right? And what's kind of the order there. Lance obviously was started as QB1 today, although it didn't really matter who started as QB1. It was a even 50-50 split in terms of the QB1 reps in both 11-on-11s and 7-on-7s. The throw count might not necessarily say that in 11-on-11s for reasons we will explain in a little bit, but it was an even split. As for the starting center, Jake Brendel took all of the first uh, first team reps as expected. John Feliciano was a guy who you saw snap a little bit too pre, uh, uh, you know, prior to the practice starting. Other guys that you saw uh, taking some snaps were obviously uh, Nick Zakel. He was a guy who was in there. Keith Ishmael, an undrafted free agent, was uh, in there as well. So you have a couple of names, you know, that that were in there taking a couple of snaps. And the final guy that I saw taking snaps today was undrafted free agent Corey Luciano. So uh, rotating in between a few of the teams. It did seem, though, however, um, that John Feliciano played at guard for a portion of today's practice, a good portion of today's practice in the 11-on-11s and 7-on-7s. Keith Ishmael was the second-team center during that stretch. So seems like they're, you know, rotating – some of these guys out defensively no Nick Bosa but Ark Armstead and Javon Hargrave were both there for the individual drill portion you saw both of them in there mm-hmm. the defensive ends were Drake Jackson and Cleveland Farrell um, today Cleveland Farrell um, wearing number 94 representing Charles O'Menohue second teamers Austin Bryant took over Kalia Dave uh, sorry not Kalia Davis Kevin Givens and Javon Kinlaw were the defensive tackles and then opposite of Austin Bryant I believe, let's see, uh, was Kerry Hyder. He played defensive end today. So those were your first and second team. Uh, Kalia Davis was on third team alongside Spencer Wagey. Um, Robert Beal was around there as well. A guy who I did not see today, T.Y. McGill. I was uh, looking forward to seeing him. Did not see him there. Maybe I missed him, but did not see T.Y. McGill out there at practice. But seems like a, a regular rotation. Kinlaw and Givens were the starters in team drills, though. No uh, no Ark Armstead, no Javon Hargrave. Very light day for the 49ers with the rotations because a lot of players did not play in full. George Kill was briefly there for individual drills, did not practice at all in team drills. Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner took all of the first team snaps. Other, uh, other notes, 
Um, Ark Armstead, like I said, not there. Javon Hargrave, not there. Trent Williams was it was in practice, played in some individual drills, not at all in the team drills. Jalen Moore was the first team left tackle, um, and he rotated in with Leroy Watson as the left tackles today without uh, Trent Williams. So that's kind of the main news there. What do you got for me? So a, a few questions for you because I know you're there. Um, how did Kalia Davis look, and how did Colton McKivitz look? Um, from before before you, you even say anything, I did hear that the Niners could, uh, Colton McKivitz struggled a bit, but that's in the I don't know. It's no pads. How do we evaluate offensive linemen, defensive linemen with no pads? So I'm very curious. How did those two look in your eyes with no pads on today? Yeah, I mean, like you said, no pads. I don't normally take too much into offensive line with no pads. The way I looked at it, though, Steve Wilkes made made it difficult, especially in that last 11-on-11 11 11 session. A lot of running today. I don't really take into account the run game. I, I when, it, when the run game is going on without pads, I only look at the running back and the fluidity of how they're running. I don't look at um, the different things between the lines just because you don't really know without how, how, true, how truly physical it gets until pads come on and how they play with that level of physicality. Um, but I will say this. Steve Wilkes made it a little difficult for the 49ers offensive line. And that 11-on-11 stretch, the second 11-on-11 stretch, you saw him dial up a couple of blitzes. Pressure got there maybe four or five times in a, in, in a, you know, in a set of maybe six, seven plays between Lance and Darnold as quarterback. Lance got sacked. Uh, at least, you know, he got sacked or pressured on three consecutive plays. Darnold got sacked. That took away one of his pass attempts. So there was good pressure there, but I don't know if you can necessarily place it on a specific player or if it's, you know, um, getting acclimated with the remainder of the offensive line because of the blitzing coming through, because of the heavier pressure coming through. And I'm, I'm starting to think that's going to be a look you see a little more. There's a lot of trust in this defense in players like Fred Warner to carry ground with uh, with receivers. Fred Warner had an amazing PBU today, ran stride with uh, stride uh, to stride with Debo Samuel and uh, broke up a pass on the sideline. A good play from Warner. It seems like a lot more of an onus placed on some of those key players with allowing pressure to be there. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about. I know the running back rotation was a little bit uh, different than it has been in the past. Um, Jordan Mason got a few reps early, um, fumbled, uh, Fred Warner punched, no, uh, Demetri uh, Demetrius Flanagan Foles punched the ball out, um, I believe. Um, so that happened. So linebackers are, are phenomenal. 49ers have phenomenal linebackers, but then we saw Ty Davis price emerge today. Um, probably one of his better practices he's had, um, uh, since his, since he's been drafted by the 49ers. Talk the best. Me. This was his best practice I have seen. Talk this to me was about by what far. you saw. Was it was it um, being in better shape, NFL shape, uh, the um, burst that he's always had that we saw at LSU? Is that finally on display? What are we seeing from Ty Davis, Ty Davis Price? Because not only did he have a, a, a nice day running the ball, it sounded like he had a phenomenal um, reception that became a big game. Talk to us a little bit about that, Rohan. Yeah, I mean, Ty Davis Price was my standout of the day. I made that very clear here on Twitter. Um, he's the one guy who was not a superstar who I thought stood out today. And the like, the reason is, again, without pads, 
no tackling. So it's tough to see, okay, are there, uh, is the ball secure, things like that and things like that. But um, the running back competition was interesting because Christian McCaffrey did not participate in team drills. So it was an even split between Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell for the first team reps. Mason did have a fumble. Um, it seemed like Demetrius Flanagan Fouls was the one that forced it. Uh, didn't like there was a bit of a scrum. Didn't see the full details of that, but he did have a fumble there. Ty Davis Price, on the other hand, though, he looks fluid in his movement. Last year, the biggest issue was him second guessing himself, bouncing to the outside, trying to trust his speed. He's not doing that right now. He looked fluid, was moving in and out, and his change of direction <clears throat> is very fluid. That matches his burst. Not going to be an otherworldly fast running back or anything like that, but he's got good bursts. That was shown last year, emphasized again today, and good change of direction. He's hitting the hole hard. And something – oh, okay, pause there. But uh, something you, you didn't see as much last year because he's bouncing out to the outside, and that just allows defenses to crash on him at the line of scrimmage. He goes straight through. He's uh, running downhill. And I think that that's an important necessity in this offense. So – the running back situation looked nice. Um, everyone wants to know how do the quarterbacks look. Um, that that's that's everyone's here for the juicy topic. How did Trey Lance, Sam Darnold fare today? Um, who went first? Um, now, when you're watching this, there's no legit pass rush going on because obviously right. pads aren't on. Um, but hey, before you before you explain things, I, I always love to hear how you track your stats because i know you and i track a little bit differently than other people that are in the media in the sense of if there's a sack sometimes we don't count if it's a clear sack we don't count it as a rep to throw because he's already sacked um now do you count reps when quarterbacks are sacked and they still throw the ball do you count it if the receiver goes out of bounds um doesn't get his feet in explain to us how you 100 um dictate when you're watching the quarterback situation on what you're looking at what you're going through because there's there's so many different stats you see on Twitter, right? I've seen six of nine. I've seen four of five. I've seen five of six um, for Trey Lance. So there's a bunch of different stats being thrown out. So And it's because each of these um, people that are watching, they track differently. So mm -hmm. go to explain to us before we get into the quarterback situation so we all have an understanding of what you're tracking so we could understand completely. Yeah, so for context, I had Trey Lance charted as four of six today. For me, I don't count seven on seven reps. I count only eleven on eleven reps in the way that I uh, in the way that I track. If there's a pass interference called or if there's a sack called, I usually elect not to count it unless there's specific context with that throw where you know um, it, it seems like he could have avoided it or something like that. And so I charted Trey Lance at four of six. There were a few plays where you might have said, "Okay, he would have gotten sacked there. You don't touch it," but because I didn't think that because I thought that all of the throws were made right as or right before the pressure got there. I counted all six of his throws in 11 on 11s today. I know some people have him five of six. The one disparity, which I'll get to when I break down every one of his throws, was a nice bucket, a uh, nice uh, drop in the bucket on the sideline to Danny Gray, where it looked like Danny Gray didn't get both feet in. The defense signaled as if Danny Gray didn't get both feet in on the sideline. But if he did, it was a nice throw and a nice catch to keep both feet inbounds on the sideline, and that would have improved him to five of six. So, so that's can I throw my I red challenge? It. Can I throw my red challenge flag out so we can go to review and, and boot review it? 
that what you're because, trying to tell me? Yeah, I mean, you you you, you kind of could, you kind of could, but the way I look at it, I chart everything as normal, um, and then I involve the context. If there are throwaways, I'll involve that. If there are sacks, I'll involve that. If there are um, drops, I'll involve that. Interceptions, touchdowns, obviously, when red zone play and turnovers come into play, but that's the way I chart it. Looking at it, if I personally believe it was a pass interference, would probably not call, would not probably not chart that play, but would mention that it was a pass interference when breaking it down. And I think this is a good segue. Let's get into Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, that quarterback competition, and the way that those throws were today. Starting off with Trey Lance, had six throws, completed four of them in my book, but it was not a big throwing day at all for either quarterback. What do I mean by that? It was a lot of implementation of the run. And early on, you were a little frustrated because it was a lot more checkdowns. It was a lot more quick outs, a lot more checkdowns rather than throwing the ball downfield. Early on in the 11-on-11s and the early 7-on-7s, I thought that Lance could have aired the ball out a little more than he did rather than being conservative at some point. You got to give what the defense gets. uh, You got to take what the defense gives you. But I thought there was a little bit of hesitation early on from Trey Lance. um, And that might have shifted not necessarily his completion percentage, but the way that I viewed his initial kind of start. But Lance started off the day. His first throw was one of the best of the day. It was a nice drop in on it with pressure coming into his left side, a nice drop to the left sideline on a wheel route for Ty Davis Price, who ran the route well, caught the ball in stride and got a solid gain out of it. It was a good play, a probably probably around a 12 to 15 yard pass and then a, a little bit of a run after. A good play with uh, from Trey Lance there to get the ball to Ty Davis Price. That was the lone throw he had in the first 11 on 11 session. A lot more runs. Sam Darnold then followed up. So Lance was the first quarterback on the field, by the way. Darnold followed up. He was with the twos. Didn't get a pass attempt in the first session. A lot of throws. And then his only lone pass attempt was a play action rollout uh, or play action uh, rollout to the left side. Yeah. To the left side. And um, Darnold couldn't find anybody and ran out of bounds. Got zero yards on the play. Brandon Allen. He had one throw and completion. Um, good for him. But uh, so, going, yeah. there, there is no pads. I, know, I just see the comment in the in the chat. There are no pads yet, so everything he's talking about is padless right now. Correct. Exactly. That was the so the first eleven on eleven session was very quick. It then turned to seven on sevens, which you'll see I don't chart. But you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. 
As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Darnold got the first reps in the seven-on-sevens. He went two for four, or sorry, three for four in the, uh, in the, in the period. First throw. It was a slant on a well-covered ball to Debo Samuel. Charverius Ward covered it well, uh, and the ball was behind him, incompletion by Sam Darnold. The next throw was a check down to Ross Dwelly. Um, Oren Burks was there immediately, just a regular check down. Darnold followed that up with an out route to Debo Samuel. Quick throw, good, uh, got, gave what the defense, uh, or took what the defense gave him because Diomero Lenore was playing off coverage there. And then the final play was just a throw quickly to the flat to Jordan Mason. And so he ended up three for four in that first stage. Lance then came in with the second team. First ball, check down to Ross Dwelly. This is the ball where I felt he could have let it rip to the intermediate portion of the field. Chose to take the check down to Ross Dwelly. Then hit Braden Willis for a quick check down off coverage. Um, uh, threw that ball pretty quickly. Then his next incompletion was to Cameron Latu. Seemed like this one was a drop from my angle. Seemed like this one was a dropped Close coverage, though, by Taylor Hawkins, and it was on an out route. Lance put it on him, but you could argue maybe put him out, put it out a little uh, more out to the outside, but it seemed like this ball was catchable. If not, then you could consider it a PBU. Um, then Lance threw an incompletion, probably his worst throw of the day, threw an incompletion to the middle of the field, tried to fit it in, uh, essentially just tried to fit it in into a tight window. Receiver. May have gotten pushed, but still the ball was off target, and so there was no PI called. And who was he attempting this throw to? I did not see, but it, I believe it was um, it was one of the backup wide receivers, though. Okay, it, so it, was, it might it have been like he was. Speed. No, okay, no, so it wasn't Debo okay. Samuel. Tra- uh, it wasn't any of the starters. It was a backup wide receiver. Uh, couldn't see the jersey, but um, yeah, it, it, no, no pass interference called, but the ball was off target there. Um, so Lance ended up two for four in this portion of uh, the seven on sevens, one drop. Then okay. came, then came pure 11 on 11s to the end. And this is where Lance started to heat up. His first ball um, was an incompletion. This one, he tried to fit the ball in, tried to throw it into a bucket on the, on the sideline. Would have been probably around a 20-yard throw to Debo Samuel. But Fred Warner 
Um, you know, he carried Debo Samuel stride for stride and was able to make a PBU. Tight window there, just a really good play by Fred Warner. You could have argued Lance throw that ball maybe a second sooner, but really just a tight window throw and a incompletion break up there by Fred Warner. I mean, and you know Fred Warner got linebacker in the game. You better you, you know, know Fred he, Warner got high. You know, he went like this. Probably flexed on him, looked at the crowd because he loves to get the crowd into it during training camp. A phenomenal player, man. I can't believe you. he ran stride for stride with an all-pro receiver. That's insane, dude. Yeah. And, guys, real quick before I continue, all your questions, make sure you drop them in the chat because as I, as I did last year, what I'll do is I'll talk through the breakdown, then I'll get to every single question. We'll make sure we get through it before we get on out of here. But – that was Lance's first throw of the second and 11 on 11 session. Followed that with a quick curl route to Jawan Jennings. Um, Drake Jackson got in there and um, it wasn't a sack, but he got a pressure there. That was uh, something I noticed, but a quick curl to Jawan Jennings. Then came maybe the play of the day, not from Lance, but from Brandon Ayuk. Lance high pointed a ball, maybe 10 yards to the sideline of Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk jumped the highest I've ever seen him jump. He made an insane high point catch over Diameter Lenore um, and somehow kept both feet in bounds. I, when you guys see this play on clip, you're going to be like, how the hell did he jump that high? Insane catch from Brandon Ayuk, good concentration, and he talked a little trash to Diameter Lenore after catching the ball over him. Um, a good ball from Lance, only where Ayuk could have gotten it, but just a freaking insane catch from Brandon Ayuk now. But that ended up being Lance's first portion of that uh, of this 11-on-11 11 11 session. He goes two for three. Sam Darnold comes in. His first throw uh, attempt, he gets sacked. Um, uh, he gets sacked, so, you know, that, that play didn't count. But then after that, he hit Brandon Ayuk on an intermediate kind of curl comeback route. Ayuk was wide open, had two catches on the day, the high point, and then this one. Good, uh, good start to camp for Brandon Ayuk. Then that was Darnold's kind of lone throw during this period of time. So then it shifts back to Lance. Lance is now with the second team. First ball was to Danny Gray. This is the one where I didn't know if it was an incompletion or a completion. Probably Lance's best ball of the day. A nice in-the-bucket throw to the sideline for Danny Gray over a defender. A good ball from Lance right on target, right on the sideline. Did not know if Danny Gray got both feet and it appeared on the field that he did not. The defenders were uh, looking, uh, you know, they were showing the incomplete sign. They were looking as if he did not get in bounds, but many ruled it a catch. So you could take that as you wish, a good play and a solid catch from Danny Gray. Just didn't see if he got two feet in. Then came uh, Darnold back he threw an incompletion to Danny Gray. This one was a near touchdown, but also a near interception. It's one of those funny plays. Danny Gray uh, was the intended receiver. Got a step on Ambry Thomas. Probably had him by a step and a half. Uh, Darnold aired the ball out, but he threw the ball a little inside. Still, don't hate the placement. Maybe you throw it outside, it's a touchdown. Maybe you throw it straight, it's a touchdown. But he threw it a little inside. Just Talano Funga comes out of nowhere. He goes cross-field and makes an amazing play on the ball. Nearly intercepts the ball. And so great coverage play there from Talano Hufunga. Sensed it right before Donald threw it and ran, uh, you know, that burst got him there. He was able to get that uh, get to the ball and nearly get an interception. So a huge play there from Talano Hufunga, an incompletion from Sam Donald. Then uh, Trey Lance finished it out with uh, being him being quarterback two. The first play uh, that he was quarterback, 
pressure was there. He flushed out and ran across the sideline. Probably gets about 10 yards, 12 yards there. A little hard to see. Does he get sacked there? But it seemed like he evaded the pocket just in time, and he was able to outrun the defense up the right sideline for about 10 to 12 yards. The long scramble of the day from Trey Lance. The next play. So you had uh, that, on that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to question go you on that one. So that one you had it 10 to 12 because I did see – other people say 30 plus yards. I saw a few people say that. I don't know. I wasn't there, so I can't say, oh, yeah, that's what it was. Was it more 10, 30 yards because he ran across the field, or was it a 10, no. 15 yard gain? It was a, it, I, I wrote it down as 10 to 15 yards um, up the right sideline. He would have gotten caught, in my opinion, after that 10 to 15 yard range. I, I think he got the first down, and it seemed like he slowed down after he got the first down. Might have gone out of bounds, too. Um, but I thought he would have gotten caught after that 10-yard-ish range. Didn't think it was a 30-yarder. Um, some people might have thought that because the uh, defense probably just let up or Lance probably just kept running type of thing. But For sure. that's that's the way I looked at it. I didn't think it was a sack. I thought he got out. Me and Brad, Brad Graham, uh, the SF Niners, we both thought he got out just in time. But then the final throw of the day from Trey Lance, another strong one, um, was able to sidestep in the pocket, uh, evade – you know, uh, a rusher coming through and then hit Cameron Latu on an out route. Latu made a strong catch here, um, had a defender draped all over him, but made a strong catch. Uh, good placement on the ball. It was about chest plate to, to eye level, uh, higher up because the defender was charging in at a lower range. Latu made a strong catch and was essentially uh, about, uh, he essentially avoided a tackle pretty much. So for that throw in particular, I did hear that was a throw of the day for Lance, even though he did have the deep shot to Danny Gray. And what I was told was the reason why it was a throw of the day from the guy that I was talking to was he said, Lance got through every read on this play, yes. comes back, hits lot to, and, and he said from where he was standing, it was a tight window. Um, so he was like, that's a tight enough window to mark as a tight window. He goes, but he went through all of his progressions, came back, like you said, eluded a rusher, and delivered a nice ball. Um, now, Cameron Latu did muscle up and big body people um, from, what, from what I also heard. So it's great to hear that um, that the placement, the touch that he's having, because he, honestly, the year one and year two, all he had was, was that nine ball. It was full speed coming at you 100 miles per hour. Sounds like he's delivering some balls with touch that aren't, aren't um, being dropped. So that's good to hear, man. No, definitely. And I mean, um, it's important, right, to note where these balls are being placed because when you see defenses, because remember, Lance sometimes, like this, this these last two plays, he's going against the second team defense. He's QB2 um, for these last two plays. So when you get to a first team defense, you understand that it's going to be tighter coverage. You understand ball placement is going to be important. So it's good to see that being practiced and it's good to see that being hit as well during this stage. Absolutely. Now there are a couple questions. I think you're you're done with the quarterback um, breakdown, right? The play yep. breakdown. That so was exactly to... all of uh, all of Lance's, all of Darnold's charted throws. If you guys want to hear Brandon Allen, probably put it in an article at the end of the article or something. Oh, like for that. three or but, something uh, like that. It's not much to talk about there. It's, it's yeah, third, we're talking about the fourth quarterback on the roster. It's not this. This bears some time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there are a couple questions. I know. Uh, was Elijah Mitchell out there today? Um, I don't think he he was, but I don't think Christian McCaffrey was, right? Correct. Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason split first team running back reps in team drills. Christian McCaffrey was out there, only played in individual drills, um, did not play in team drills. And by team drills, guys, any of these 11 on 11, 7 on 7 sessions, that's all considered a part of team drills. Um, 
So who would you say won the uh, session of the day? Was it offense or defense? Or the split? Tough one. Tough one. Just given that there weren't too many plays, I would say defense just because they made the more splash plays. I talked about the Warner play. I talked about uh, the huge Huff play. Um, you know, I, I would say defense, but again, this was a huge run-heavy day on a day without pads. Running the ball without pads, it's just, you know, you're trying to essentially just get the concepts down. Tough to say. I, I, it's fairly Today was a fairly even day. Would give the edge, though, to the defense. Okay. Um, there was no – there on this one, I can answer this one. There was no interceptions on the day. Um, oh, actually, there was. Kyle threw one. Kyle threw Kyle, one. Kyle um, threw like 10 of practice, though, man. Kyle, Kyle, you know, Kyle was, I liked it. He was testing the defense today. Kyle, you know, he, he tried a couple of tight window ones, a couple of cornerbacks dropped the ball. Um, Kyle throws when the cornerbacks are, or when the defense is uh, uh, going shell. through their walkthroughs. Yeah, yeah when, they're, when they're in their shell. So so pretty much essentially what shell is, is the, how the defense align. They're walking through their motions. They're not really doing anything. Um, Kyle has terrible me uh, quarterback mechanics. Um, I Last year I broke it down. He's terrible as a quarterback. Rohan. Fortnite's throwback asks, um, he will. He said Rohan gives Trey Lance a B minus. Would you give him a B minus? What would your grades be for both quarterbacks if you had to give a grade on each quarterback? I'd actually probably bump it up, maybe a B. B minus is fair. B, I'd probably B is probably what I'm going to end up giving him today. I thought his day was solid. Um, did not did not dislike his incompletions. <clears throat> The reason he doesn't get an A, I thought he could have started a little hotter, um, you know, especially in, in the seven-on-seven seven range. Um, thought he could have been a little more aggressive. But, again, you take what the defense gives you. Not a bad day at all for Trey Lance. It's obviously not an amazing day. It's just uh, because of the way that the game plan was oriented. A lot more shorter throws. I'm not going to reward shorter throws um, and being a high grade in comparison to when you throw, you know, deep and intermediate throws and get us, you know, get a solid completion percentage there. I'd say in a, a, a B day for Trey Lance did not hate any of the, the incompletions. He had one kind of missed throw where he was off target. So out of, I think it was 13 total throws, only one was off target. So, you know, I didn't, uh, did not dislike the day at all from Trey Lance. As for Sam Darnold, I would probably give him a B minus to a C plus, um, just because he just didn't get as much opportunity. Some of the balls, he, you know, the deep was ball. Was he indecisive? Um, I wouldn't say indecisive. He was another guy who got the check down. So I'll probably end up giving him a B minus. I didn't hate any of his throws either. Like I said, the deep ball was one where you, you could have maybe argued for better placement on the outside so that Hufanga can't get there um, because Danny Gray was open on the play. Um, you know, there are a couple of knickknacks that you can argue here. I'd probably say a B minus just because of the volume of the throws and the, the location of the throws, that kind of thing. Um. This question, uh, well, this statement from Fortnite's George 365, my guess is he might have been in attendance. Shout out to Fortnite's George for being there if he was. On the tightest window and best time throw by Lance was to Jawan Jennings on a 10-yard out on the left sideline, um, highly contested. Um, this might have been on 7-on-7s. Seven seven, I don't think this was during team drills, so it might have been on 7-on-7s. Seven seven, so if you go through your 7-on-7 seven seven notes, it might be there. Uh, that's interesting because – This was actually – I think this was during 11s. Um, was but during 11s? Yeah, this was uh, when Lance took over uh, during the 11s in the first uh, – sorry, in this, the, it was in his first session. Um, it was the throw after the PBU to Warner. Um, 
I, it was a solid throw. I wouldn't say that it was his best throw. I thought that there were a couple of others that were there because while it was somewhat highly contested, it was still a, a good enough – like in the NFL, I wouldn't consider that to be as tight of a window um, as, as it was. I thought you know that, that that ball should have been caught and should have been placed where it was. So it was a nice ball, solid ball. So let's go, let's go towards the comments because obviously uh, sounded like the defense and offense were solid today, not much to – critique or much to say about negativity um but it kind of sounded like if you look at the obviously it sucked that the 49ers didn't go live today um during their press conferences um but Debo had a, a comment to say about uh Trey Lance and so did George Kittle um Debo went on to on record to say uh let me go ahead and pull it up real quick but he essentially said that um he looks much better, much more. Um, I mean, why can I not find the comment? Sorry about You're that. saying of Debo Samuel? Yeah, Debo said uh, on on Trey Lance. He said, "I'll get the exact quote." Uh, so pretty much what I'm I'm gonna read off what Grant put put because I can't find the exact quote that I saw earlier. But Grant Con, uh, he said Debo Samuel just asked about Brock Purdy. Debo answered by saying the quarterback competition will be intense and that. Trey Lance has improved a lot. Mentioned he has much more touch than before. Um, that's interesting for an interesting comment, especially if he was asked about Brock Purdy and he alluded to Trey Lance. Um, to me, that's interesting. I also did see George Kittle mention um, Trey Lance. So what are your thoughts on um, the Debo Samuel comment? And then I'll pull up the uh, George Kittle comment as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Debo Samuel, he, a, a guy who I would say actually didn't look too bad in terms of his uh, his fitness and things like that. Looked pretty pretty solid. I mean, looked active today. Um, obviously, didn't necessarily wasn't necessarily involved as much in a low passing day, but looked pretty active today. And so that's a good thing. But I mean, him on Trey Lance, it's true. He's looking improved and. You could see it. I mean, I posted a little clip of his mechanics. His mechanics do seem improved. The release seems, or at least the, the motion seems a little quicker, which is important. And um, to me, I've said it this past week after we've seen some uh, clips of Lance arise. It's consistency for me. How can he put it all together? With the, can he put the mechanics together when going through and simulating through a practice where he's not just throwing against air? And can he be consistent? The first part of the question, somewhat solved. The second part of the question, consistency, that's the thing that we've got to see over the next few days. Mm -hmm. So to me, last year, my biggest issue with Lance, um, like you could I, – I, I criticized the accuracy. That was something that I think was an issue. But I honestly thought his biggest issue was consistency. He just wasn't able to compile consistent days. He had a really good day some days where you were like, wow, this guy looks like a quarterback of the future. And then he had days right after that where it's like, yeah, this guy definitely looks raw. It's understandable why the 49ers are doing what they're doing. And so that's where I'm looking. Can that gap be bridged? Can there be a little more of a consistent practice from Trey Lance? And I think people also don't necessarily understand what kind of player he is right now. Obviously, he's not open to the to the to the naked eye. I talked with Ted um, Ted H, um, who has his own channel afterwards, and he said that he thought Lance underwhelmed him based on his expectations of Lance. 
I don't think Lance think- underwhelmed today. It's just that's the type of player Lance is, and I think he I think he had a good game, a uh, good day. Obviously, the game plan might make it seem underwhelming because he's checking down the ball a good amount today and things like that. I didn't think he had a bad day. I thought he, you know, be a, a, a B level type of day. And so, to me, that's the way that I'm thinking about it. Lance, right now, solid day one, but you've got to be able to build on it. That's the only way that there's going to be any disparity with the quarterbacks. But I think going into training camp day one with high expectations for an offensive side of the ball is the wrong way to go about it because you really don't want to go into training camp day one with expectations of anyone um, being super outrageously good or or going like that. Because really all all you're doing is setting up yourself for uh, disappointment because one is day one of install. Um, Now, when you're doing day one of install, you're going to see a lot more of the basics, the very bland, vanilla offense. Um, but I thought the George Kittle comment was very interesting. So he was asked on what he noticed most about Trey Lance's improvement. And George Kittle said he has a confidence about him. He's not second-guessing himself. Um, mm-hmm. And I've always said it, it's the confidence level that the the veterans appreciate of the other court. Like, for example, um, Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Brock Purdy, they had a confidence about them. If Trey Lance has that confidence about him and to go along with the um, play, that's going to be phenomenal to see. Um, and, and I'm just excited to see what the 49ers do, how do the guys react in reality behind him. Shout out to Last Second Sports, um, my guy Jesse Naylor. Um, and before we get to this fool's comment, I just really quick wanted to say uh, – no, nah, I love you, Jesse. But uh, talking about the confidence, I want to clear up something I said earlier and uh, just clarify what I mean. I said how sometimes I felt Lance was hesitant, not hesitant, but I felt that Lance could have let it rip. The issue for me today was not Lance in terms of hesitancy. It was more so him taking a shorter throw instead of a uh, a more intermediate throw on one or two occasions. And that's something where I feel like, yeah, you can let it rip. Am I going to blame you for letting for taking what the defense gives you or taking the you know the easier throw? No. It's just one of those one one or two throws where I had a preference where he could have uh, ended up throwing the ball, but I I don't com- you don't complain about that when you're making the throw that the defense gives you. But the thing is though is if he does make that he does let it rip right and the passes drop passes, whatever incompletion com- incompleted you got people being so oh he missed that throw because he you know, he even threw it deep but no 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 yards you know. Uh, EPA, EPA isn't there in, in training camp. So you get stuff like that. And, and to be honest, um, he, him working on, on the little things, the little improvements, I think is the best thing, the best route for him to go. Um, Jesse goes on to say it's funny because he can't quote quotations um, pretty much regarding on what people usually say is he can't do the basics. So when he does the basics, he's ripped on not making big plays. Um now, it sounded like he did have big plays and, and, and splashed in there with the, the basic stuff. He did have a big gain to uh, Davis Price. He had a big throw to Danny Gray, a uh, nice ball to Brandon Ayuk. So it looks it sounds yeah. like it was it was mixed in, but he could have so what you were seeing is it could have been an A plus day if he took yeah. those 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 intermediate to deep routes instead of the check down or what people have been wanting to see him do. But normally he would take that intermediate route. Um, last year instead of checking it down and taking what the defense gives them, but it would lead to incompletion. So I think what he's doing exactly. is, is build the confidence, man. Build the confidence going into today too. Um, I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not there. I can't judge like you are, 
so I can't see if oh man, that guy was wide open. He should have hit that. Um, and I don't want I, him to make it seem like I'm nitpicking either. There are 13 throws in total that Trey Lance made in this. I am talking specifically right about one or two of 13 throws. In general, it's just one or two throws. But when I view the practice, I just got to call everything as I see it. And that's the one thing where I'm saying Lance had a B day instead of what you might have expected an A day, given what you've heard. That's just, that's how it is. But this is true. This comment is very true, right? Where you can't do the basics. You need to be able to do everything. And last year, Lance, you know, there were times where he didn't do the basics properly. And um, that's something that's clearly on, on his mind and clearly on the team's mind in terms of their install trying to get those basics down that's where you see a lot of these check down throws a lot of these you know um a lot of these uh throws to the flat a lot of these different shorter throws quick out routes because in two three days what is it going to be a whole lot of intermediate a lot of scrimmage a whole lot of intermediate and things like that i don't know, and I know it sounds like y'all got beef man it sounds like you and jesse got beef. this comment wasn't towards me but my it comment was towards, towards him Nah, it was towards you, I don't, bro. Don't let don't let Jesse get away with that one. Don't don't let that old man get away with that one. All right. Uh, nah, shout funny. out to Jesse, uh, great great guy, um, great show that he has. Make sure you guys check him out. Uh, phenomenal work that he does. He'll be at training camp uh, the next, I believe, starting on Friday. I believe I could be wrong, um, but he's supposed to be um, there. Or I think it might be Sunday because he says he's gonna fight you on Sunday. So watch out because y'all about to fade up. Um, I don't know. I, I might got. I don't know. I'm not putting any bets on that one, but I think the the odds are in favor of Rohan right now. Um, so, so watch out. That guy tries to box me. I'm I'm, I'm calling security, bro. <laughs> I can't get um, within five feet of him. Uh, so it, it's interesting, man, because it sounds like today's practice was a fun day. Um, sounds like everyone is. You're not gonna expect extreme. Um, immediate players to come out gun blazing swinging, right? Like, yeah, that's not how that's not how training camp works. Training camp is a build up towards the season. It's a, a today's day one. You cannot go 100 miles per hour on day one, and that's not how it works in the NFL. You do that, you end up getting hurt. Um, exactly. Sounds like, sounds like Kyle is taking care of his team's bodies by having a light practice today. Tomorrow, you'll probably see a little bit more. And then on Friday, it'll be the most um, complete practice of the three-day period. And then they'll have the day off on Saturday. Sunday will be the same thing. And it builds up towards the end of the, the third day. We usually use the most competitive um, practice of the evening. Um, shout out to Mariah. Uh, for, or No, shout out to, yep, I clicked on the wrong one. Shout out to Mariah telling Jesse, uh, giving a shout out to Jesse. Hope all is well. Shout out to Throwback. I will be on. Um, at 6 p.m., I'll be on with John Chapman uh, of the 49ers Gold Rush podcast. Um, so if you guys want to tune in, make sure you guys subscribe Subscribe to Clutch Gene Sports. Um, and we'll go ahead and, and go live at 6 p.m. and hear another perspective from someone else that is live on, on the ground in training camp. Um, make sure you guys hit that like. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to both channels. Um, there's going to be a lot of content coming out over the next few days. Hopefully, I can get Jesse um, Naylor of Last Second Sports on the show so you guys can hear from him when he is touched down in, in, in Santa Clara. Uh, Rohan, any other good comments or any other good details you could um, leave us as we get ready to depart from today's show? No, going through my notes, um, we pretty much covered a good amount. I'm excited to see tomorrow because that is the first day 
that we will see Brock Purdy in uniform. Brock Purdy was out there today, um, was out there before practice. I did not see him. Brad Tom was out there before practice and then was also here uh, out there today in street clothes, stretching, warming up, that type of thing. But I didn't see him throw a football. Excited to see Brock Purdy play tomorrow because he's expected to get the first team reps. We'll see how the 49ers do the second and third team division and whether Brock Purdy, you know, what what that pitch count kind of looks like. But that's going to be the huge storyline tomorrow. One other thing, um, cool to see uh, Samuel Womack get a uh, a number change. He's at zero. I, we, we all saw 26. I was like, I mean, where's Isaiah Oliver? And then I realized Oliver's 26, Womack zero. And that's where I'm going to end today's show. Talking about the cornerbacks real quick because that's a position group that I saw a little bit of, you know, ins and outs as well. Or I'll talk about the secondary in general because something I saw that was interesting, Sean Gibson seems like he was limited in a way during the – not injury-related, just um, probably rest – was limited in a way during some of the team drills. And so George Odom was actually the one who played a solid, like he probably played half of the first team safety oh, wow. reps today. Um, and then he and Jair Brown were the second team safeties as well. When them two were on the field, Taylor Hawkins ended up being the third uh, on the third team. So that's the way they're looking at it. A couple of people have questions on uh, the nickel alignment and different things like that. Quantrez Knight right now is the backup nickel um, to uh, Isaiah Oliver. He plays with the second and third team because the 49ers are experimenting with Samuel Womack on the outside. He was the outside cornerback with Ambry Thomas today, and Deshaun Jamison saw some second team reps as well, mixed in second team and third team. A lot of mixing with the second and third team. But Samuel Womack was an outside corner today. Deshaun Jamison um, was in that group alongside Ambry Thomas as well. We'll see if they uh, do a little bit of mixing, see Womack on the inside as well. I'm not sure if that'll happen, but that's something I wanted to point out. Um, George Odom saw some first-team reps today. Don't think George Odom's in any uh, way going to take the starting job, but might be the depth chart right now. You know, the 49ers are making Jair Brown work for it, um, but that's just because Gibson was limited with rest. So that's the way it was. Hufanga was in there. Odom was in there at some point. Uh, and then as for the cornerbacks, you saw Quantrez Knight be the nickel, um, and you saw behind Isaiah Oliver, you saw the regular starters, Lenore, Trevorius Ward, and then Quantrez, oh, sorry, uh, Isaiah Oliver. And then in the backups, it was a mix of Ambry Thomas and Deshaun Jameson. Then on the other side, it was Womack and then Quantrez Knight. Absolutely. Great episode today, Rohan. I believe uh, 49ers throwback is plugging our boy Jesse. So I'll, I'll go ahead and read this comment. I believe Jesse is on Last Second Sports at 6 starts at 630. Uh, make sure you guys check him out um, as well. A uh, shout out to you guys, man. Uh, Faithful kept it live in the chat today. Had a lot of you guys tuned in. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to both channels. Rohan, I appreciate you, man, for jumping on, giving great uh, analysts of what you saw today at, at Fernandez training camp. Um, thank you. Any last comments before we head out, my brother? Now, this is a fun show, guys. This is exactly what you guys are going to get. And it's going to be a lot more detailed when a lot more starts happening in practice over the next eight days uh, of training camp. I appreciate every single one of you for tuning in. Thank you guys so much. Dropping your comments. Be sure to tune in, subscribe, hit the notification bell so that you know when we're going live because it might change. I might not always get to do it right after practice, but if I can, I'm going to try and get it done right after practice, tell you guys everything I saw so that you guys are well-informed, stick with the team. Marco, as always, appreciate you for being the co-host today. And guys, we'll see you guys probably tomorrow very soon. Thank you.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 